Okay, uh, welcome to our crypto roundup for the week here at Proactive Investors. I'm Billy Farrington, and I'm delighted to be joined by Frank Holmes. He's the co-founder and chairman of Hive Digital Technologies, a Bitcoin miner listed on the German and NASDAQ exchanges. And you can find Hive in a number of UK ETFs, tech ETFs as well. Uh, Hive has Bitcoin mining operations in Sweden and Iceland. So it's very exciting to talk to you in quite a pivotal moment for Bitcoin mining. Frank, how's it going? It's great to be with you. And uh, yes, you know, we're, we're witnessing part of the great digital transformation, the financial component of it, and that is Bitcoin. Uh, and that, that adoption continues in the yesterday. It was breathtaking, the amount of money that was flowing into Van Eck and Blackbox uh, Bitcoin ETF. So I think it's really significant that it's gone through so many headwinds, but the network, which people don't realize, is that the Bitcoin ecosystem was built not by a corporation, not by a government, by the people for the people. And there are 17,000 nodes around the world working 24 seven to validate a transaction at one-tenth the price that a bank would charge. And so the real big anti-Bitcoin story has been from Bank of International Settlements and Bankern. But I think that transition is going through now, which is very positive. Uh, when you look at there's what, 190 country, 195 countries in the world, 150 central banks that are functioning, but there's 17,000 nodes globally validating the Bitcoin ecosystem. Yeah, and um, you're one of those nodes as well. <laughs> well, you you handle obviously a lot of these Bitcoin mining operations. Uh, I was going to start on uh, how the markets have performed, but I want to jump on some of these exciting things that you just said. I mean, it's as I said, it's a really pivotal moment for the Bitcoin mining industry. Now we've got this halving coming up in April. Perhaps, Frank, can you just like give me a really brief rundown? on the implications of this halving uh, for the Bitcoin mining sector of which you're a major part of? When you look at the algorithm of Bitcoin, it is like Mozart's uh, Symphony Jupiter. I mean, it, it's it's an incredible piece that just can continues to play. And, and I think that what people have to realize how significant that piece of uh, encryption is around moving a digital asset and, and I think for where we're positioned, uh, Hive is, has been positioned, we only mine green coins. Uh, and that's been really important using hydroelectricity, renewable energy, or geothermal in Iceland. Uh, and, and that's sort of the, how we want to position. And, and we've been innovators. We're first to do an Intel ASIC chip. We're the first to uh, be green only. We're the first to build or we recycle the energy in one of our facilities to heat a building five times bigger. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of Intel chips, I mean, Intel stopped making uh, Bitcoin specific ASIC chips from what I understand like last year. And I was just kind of, kind of curious, where um, is the production, the manufacture? of these uh, ASIC specific, uh, Bitcoin mining specific chips. Uh, who, who sort of got the, um, the the corner of the market in in, in that quite highly specialized um, field of uh, microchips at the moment? Well, it's been Bitmain has been the, is, is the 800 pound gorilla producing the ant miner. And we just purchased another thousand of the S21s. But what's really important for the having, I mentioned yeah. earlier that the, the incredible algorithm 
and this there it will create a, a supply scarcity that's what's really important with your earlier question i don't think i asked answer directly for you right away but the, the, the algorithm is so amazing that every four years, the amount of Bitcoins that's created halves. Mm -hmm. So the supply is, is shrinking. If that happened in gold, gold would be at $10,000 today. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that is really important. And so for us, we have to have cheap electricity, mm -hmm. renewable electricity, and the most efficient crypto mining machines. They're the three key factors for weathering through this storm. But something else that Hive has done when we were used to be the biggest miner in Ethereum, uh, and that was always very much more profitable. But now we're building out our HPC, our high performance computing, and we bought a lot of NVIDIA chips. We're talking about $70 million of them two years ago, mining Ethereum, then mining these alternative coins. And we've been pivoting to uh, people renting our machines and it's much more profitable. So we're in this big boom in AI. That's another part of our data centers. But what's interesting in the data center when you're doing Bitcoin mining, we're the first to hedge. So we do a hedging program and we do a program with the utility that if they need electricity, we give it to them. Otherwise, right. a third of all the electricity is wasted. It goes to zero. Sure. We turn around and, and help the communities by using that un that electricity would have been wasted. At the, but when you're a, an HPC AI uh, data center, you have to be functioning 99.9% .9 of the time. So it's a different data center model, but we have the experience uh, from our mining Ethereum using GPU chips. Mm. Uh well, I, I, on that note, uh, Ethereum obviously stopped um, be, being a mining-specific coin last year. And then in a couple of months' time, your rewards are going to half. I mean, how does Hive and how does the industry as a whole kind of deal with these, uh, some would call them headwinds, but there's obviously a kind of re reorganization of how the revenue streams uh, work in the mining sector. How, how do you sort of... Um, you know, how do you how do you uh, attack these uh, these uh, issues? Uh, you, you can't mine Ethereum anymore, and uh, and your halvings, uh, the, the, your your rewards are going to half. So you have to build out your AI business model because it's high margin business, and it is very high margin. So we're excited about it. We started with a quarter million this time last year for the quarter. Now we're up to a quarter million dollars a month. Um, and, and and I think by April, by the halving, uh, we expect to be up to a quarter million dollars a week. So mm -hmm. that's our performance model, and 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 so we're excited about that. But when it comes to hedging, we hedge electricity, so mm -hmm. that's really a cool thing in Sweden because of seasonal variation that mm -hmm. you can turn around and lock it for the whole year, and then balancing the grid uh, with the utility company to give back the energy when they need it. If it's okay. really cold in the morning, like forty forty below last yeah. month uh, for a couple of days, so we've been innovators in that in that ability as a technology company. But we also hodl our Bitcoin as much as possible. So we have over 2,000 Bitcoin in our balance sheet. I think uh, much much like MicroStrategy, Michael Saylor, uh, he goes out and buys Bitcoin from the open market. We use our green-only coins and put them on our balance sheet. Mm -hmm. So that's worth over $100 million a day on our balance sheet, and it's liquid. And I think that uh, we hope to have up to 3,000 a year for a year from now. And, and what happens if the the price of Bitcoin takes a dramatic um, dip? Do you, do you uh, sometimes um, have to consider capitulating on these reserves to to any extent? I hope not. You know that's always uh, we've had to use them before, but we've yeah. been able to steadily uh, mine our 
are the big part I would say is that we have the lowest costs per, per a number of people mining a Bitcoin. How, how much is uh, so, how much for one Bitcoin? I I think it costs like a human GNA they call it would be around six thousand dollars. And after you add up the other costs, it's going to push like uh, electricity costs and rent about twenty eight thousand. So you really technically are going to have to see over sixty thousand dollars for after the having takes place. Bitcoin is going to have to be at sixty thousand for the industry to break even. Yeah. The last having we we went through that last having. It was a three month dip, and then everything started to take off. I think we're going to experience something similar. But what is different is that in the last cycle, there were no big Bitcoin miners in Texas like you have today, like Riot and Marathon. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that that uh, mining capacity does change the, the dynamics of, of the Bitcoin. But most of the Bitcoin mining now is in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Um you said uh, uh, Sweden and Iceland operations you have there. Um, perception is they're quite quite progressive companies. Uh, what do the regulators think about your operations in there? Obviously, Bitcoin is such an energy intensive uh, industry. Uh, do you have like regulatory pushback uh, from the uh, you know from the um, representatives in, in those states? You know, it's a great question because we've had to deal with so much FUD. That's false uncertain and doubting statements by uh, EU bureaucrats and the World Economic Forum. They just seem to go on. The consumption of electricity is substantially less than it's ever been purported. Uh, we took all the data and we translated it in a 30-minute presentation into three minutes. We put it in Swedish. We put it in, in uh, French. We put it in Spanish and English. So on our website, uh, there's lots of data that explains that we do not consume that amount of electricity or, uh, as a Bitcoin. So being 1% of the global network uh, and having 130 megawatts electricity, that doesn't that really says that our consumption of the Bitcoin network is less than gold mining industry. It's less than the banking industry. Mm -hmm. But also consi uh, considerably smaller on a, a market capitalization uh, standpoint. But just think about, yeah, but think about Bitcoin. No CEO, no marketing budgets, no board of directors. And and all of a sudden you've got 17,000 uh, global network uh, mm -hmm. plus all these miners. So really it's it's we the people that build it for the people, this infrastructure for what they like to call decentralized Mm. asset class it's an alternative asset class it's decentralized there is scarcity because it's capped at 21 million coins 19.1 million coins have been mined there's very little left to go uh and i think as the global adoption grows with all the money printing now we're seeing money supply take off again this century is interesting because gold has outperformed the s p almost two to one why? Because modern monetary theory of excessive money printing has made gold an, an attractive asset class. But it makes for a conservative investor, for a growth investor, Bitcoin now in the ETF format is, is much more for uh, protecting your portfolio from big inflation. Let's talk about the decentralization then. Um, obviously, that's one of the, the cornerstone philosophies of, of Bitcoin and, and, you know, cryptocurrency as a whole, obviously, um, non-Bitcoin uh, assets have kind of strayed from that path to some extent. However, you know, we're talking about Bitcoin, um, a decentralized uh, digital uh, asset, digital currency. Um, obviously, the big the big cap miners um, 
command such a large percentage of the hashing power in the Bitcoin network. Now we have BlackRock with $10 trillion of assets under management uh, in a matter of weeks, uh, buying $3 billion odd dollars uh, worth of Bitcoin. Is the whole philosophy of decentralization facing somewhat of a kind of a, a, a crisis? Well, let's not say crisis, but... Um, I, I mean, what, what what are the implications of these uh, consolidations of, of of wealth and hashing power? What 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 implications does that have for the nature of decentralization? Well, it's a great question. Um, but I will go back to gold. Gold is a decentralized asset, meaning for your listeners, no one central bank controls the price of gold. Uh, it's a price discovery all over the world, and it's much like art. You know, art is decentralized mm-hmm. uh, and. And so what you see with with gold is when the gold ETF came out, uh, gold was a little over $300 and it allowed for massive adoption. And we saw that in Europe. We saw that especially in the US that it grew to almost a hundred billion dollars and gold went from $300 range up to 2000 and 100. So you you do see that more and more people discover gold for their portfolio, and that is part of the adoption as gold. Now we're going to see Bitcoin as part of that. So I think it hasn't stopped people doing cold wallets. Okay. Uh, the number of people owning one Bitcoin off the network has hit all-time highs. So I, I think it's just part of that journey of adoption. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, let, let's talk about uh, the Bitcoin mining sector as a publicly traded uh, entity. Now that we have these ETFs, uh, well, historically, uh, Bitcoin miners uh, have sort of been a bit of a proxy, I suppose, on 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 on, on the Bitcoin uh, price, a bit of a pure play kind of uh, investment option for traders. Now we have the whole ETF uh, industry that is perhaps even more uh, closely aligned to the price of Bitcoin because it's supposed to track it kind of um, exactly. So how does that change the the, the mix uh, of uh, investment opportunities for people, investors that want to invest in Bitcoin without holding Bitcoin directly? It's, a, it's an excellent, excellent uh, uh, question because I've known for the war with gold, I wrote a book on gold and known for my gold uh, funds in ETF GoAU. And in that process, you you see that that when the GLD came out in the U.S. and then similar products in Europe, mm-hmm. uh, that that gold stocks used to trade at a bigger premium, okay. and all of a sudden you go through a revaluation that they're not just using gold stocks as a proxy for gold, uh, they're using and I think that's what's going to happen. Only the best gold stocks performed exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wheaton Precious is a gold royalty company. It's far outperformed Berkshire Hathaway. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 because it has those value metrics of revenue growth, cash flow growth, dividend growth. Uh, and, and I think over time, over the next year from now, there'll be a separation between those crypto mining companies that really have a good discipline on the cash flow return on invested capital. And, and, and money will go into those and a lot of them will fall to the wayside. We've talked about this, that last year, many of our peers diluted the shareholders by 300% just to buy machines that have a bigger footprint. Yeah. Uh, so there's no real value metric on a per share basis. Right, right. And so what happens is that all of a sudden gold outperforms the gold stocks and only 10 gold stocks regularly outperform bullion. 
I think that the basket of crypto mining stocks uh, mm -hmm. will all of a sudden not, they'll not be the, the go-to and outperform only if you have good economic models for running your business. Mm -hmm. And of course, in terms of publicly traded Bitcoin miners, Hive is the first, right? We are the first to go and we're the first to have green and first to recycle our energy and first to uh, have an Intel chip. So we've been, you know, trying to be innovative, but we also have the least amount of employees per Bitcoin we mine. So we have the lowest GNA for a Bitcoin mine. And, and that is very much like a royalty model. I think we're running right now around $7 million per Bitcoin we mine. And you compare that to uh, other companies and, and they're substantially less. So we've been focused on the intellectual capital uh, of how we run the facilities. Okay. Well, tell you what, let's um, finish off with uh, just a quick look at the Bitcoin spot markets. Now, it's been a, been an interesting morning. Bitcoin has dipped about 2%. This uh, We're talking on Wednesday for anybody that is uh, watching this uh, in, in, in the days ahead. Uh, but uh, Bitcoin dipped about 2% uh, this morning, this Wednesday. We've seen a bit of a sideways trade over the last week or so after a very bullish start to February. What, what's your take on the market? Why, why do you think we've seen this sort of plateau in the second half of February? Well, my eyes are focused. <laughs> and uh, and I'm focused on that Bitcoin. There's no doubt. I just think we're going through a digital transformation uh, like AI exploded. And I think that the, the coming with regulations to manage the Bitcoin ecosystem, the onboarding and offboarding, which is taking place in many jurisdictions, all, all this is bullish for the investor to diversify. And, and if you look at Bitcoin buyers and gold buyers, they both have a reason like I like to call the Old Testament of economics. Government policies are a precursor to change. It's either monetary or fiscal. This century has been practicing modern, modern monetary theory, which means that government plays games with, with how much money they're printing and taxing away. That has led to big inflation. Mm -hmm. and, and so there'll be an imbalance between monetary and fiscal policy. And gold has been a great asset class for conservative investors or big hedge funds like Ray Dalio. And I think the future is going to be Bitcoin for growth. And I think gold is going to be for conservative investors. Okay. I mean, everyone uh, says... Uh, but gold is backed by the fact that it's a physical um, piece of uh, piece of the earth that you can hold. What, uh, and Bitcoin's not. But both need electricity. Energy. But exactly. both of them need electricity. Electricity is the magic ingredient. Energy is the magic ingredient that makes gold have a value to it, because you just can't push a. It's not like an Excel spreadsheet. And the same thing with making a Bitcoin. You need to have hardware and you need to have electricity to basically crystallize and you're moving this digit all over the world and it's really a bundle of, of electricity and 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 as more people recognize that bundle of electricity it's like when people fell in love with andy warhol art and you know the most valuable piece of andy warhol art of his collection last year was queen elizabeth Oh, really? And had the biggest run up because the queen passed away and scarcity mm -hmm. and and only a thousand prints every year, but different colors uh, as the world's population doubled. And all of a sudden that that piece of art that came out on a limited print, a thousand dollars goes to a quarter million dollars. I think that's what can happen with Bitcoin. All right. So 250,000 by the end of 2024. No, we can't make predictions. Uh, like that, can we? <laughs> I, 
I don't make predictions like that, but I think it's very reasonable to see it through $100,000. All right. Well, let's leave it on that. Uh, thank you so much, Frank. That is Frank from Hive Digital Technologies. Have a great rest of the day. Take care, my friend.